BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. <laughs> Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. And here we go. Hey, I'm Jason Inman, and you're listening to Geek Vibes. It's geeky, and it's vibey. It's awesome. All right, so <laughs> wait well, that's a quick. Are you getting a clip thing? Oh, the drop. I can only do so much uh, at the same time. Sorry for uh, messaging you. All right, all right. You know what? We'll just tell you guys. Basically, um, uh, Joel's the host tonight, and we wanted to start out and give a little uh, breakdown of the passing of. And right before the show, didn't really get Joel was messaging at the same time I was trying to do the cues for the uh, drop (laughs) right before. So that's that's what happened, and uh, you get to listen to that. But I hope everyone is having a great night. This is an episode of Geek Vibe Live, and I will pass it to Joel, who will pass it back to me in a second, after everyone's introduced and shit. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. So welcome to Geek Vibe Live. Uh, thank you, Dane, for um, pre-introducing the introduction. Um, so <laughs> a lot to talk about today. But um, before we get to anything, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, Juan, uh, how you doing? I am trying my best to keep my composure from laughing too hard. <laughs> Nick, how you doing? I'm great. This is going to be a good night. Joel, you're killing it tonight. Like, yeah, <laughs> like pre- I, 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 I just got to let the audience in on this. So, like, pre-show, we were talking about Burt Reynolds, and I was like, Juwan's like, I don't really know anything about Burt Reynolds. I'm like, dude, strip tease. And he was like, all I remember from that is, like, Demi Moore gets super naked. And Joel's like, no, dude, she just gets regular naked. No, super naked there. Like, it's an R-rated movie, bro. I <laughs> <laughs> <is> super naked. Fucking <laughs> like, shit, I'd be dying. I'd mute myself yeah. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that was just before the show. Dane, how are you doing? I'm actually super naked right now. It's really weird, but you guys can't see that. 
Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, Dane, uh, just, uh, to change the mood for a second here, can you uh, take over from here? We're going to have a little thing for uh, an unfortunate event that happened this week. Yes. Um, as you guys know, a uh, great legend of, of the screen, Burt Reynolds, passed away. Uh, I believe he was 82 years old. Definitely a long life, and the man lived. Uh, he he was basically your your uh, your, your badass uh, within film. That's what he showed up. He had that presence, that charisma, and he was one hell of an actor as well. Um, and he leaves huge body of work. I think the biggest one that you know my generation beforehand will remember is Smoking the Bandit uh, with Sally Field, yeah. and uh, Deliverance uh, is another yeah. one. It's a very intense movie. If you ever want to check it out, basically borderline horror movie. Boogie um, Nights, um, Cannibal Run. I mean, The Longest Yard, both the original and also playing the one with Adam uh, Sandler, which is probably the only movie one knows from him. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! What is that noise? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Something exploded in the background. Someone's. Uh... Figure out the guys took over the fucking show, man. <laughs> well, either way, so, so basically, down to it, a good actor passed away. He was a legend in film, and I just wanted to see if any of you guys want to say anything. Uh, I will leave that the floor open. Uh, let's start with you, Nick. Yeah, dude, fucking phenomenal actor. I mean, obviously, he um, he lived a very long life. I mean, eighty-two. That's that's a good run, uh, you know, in in my book. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you mentioned like the, the highlights, you know, of, of, you know, his, uh, his film career. I mean, obviously, um, I think one that you didn't mention cause it's not really a great movie, but I, I just like to mention it cause I grew up on it. was cop and a half, um, which had uh-huh. him and, oh man, I forget the, the, the kid's name shit. Um, but add him and like this little kid and like, I will never forget, like, they like go into a bar. He's like taking this little kid into a bar, and we'll, and the and the bartender's like, "Can I get you anything?" And he's like, "I want a glass of milk." Like <laughs> he's like a like six year old kid. He's like, "I just want some milk, lady." Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I used to watch that a lot when I was a kid. So um, that one obviously kind of sticks out to me. I think it was like one of, one of those like movies that was like at my grandparents' house, and so like when I'd go over there, I'd like just it'd be one of the ones that I would cycle through while I, you know, visited there for the summer. Um, so obviously that deliverance is such a classic, uh, Smokey and the Bandit is, uh, is, it's a cult classic. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun movie, um, for sure. Um, and then, you know, I mean, uh, Boogie Nights, uh, you know, I, I know later on, I think he had a lot of problems, um, like shooting that movie. Like he wasn't, he wasn't really happy about it, but, uh, but nevertheless, it's still a great movie, and his performance is excellent. Um, but yeah, phenomenal actor. Um, he's he's going to be missed, and and he damn well sure will be remembered through uh, through the various roles that he captured on the silver screen. Juwan, what do you know about Burt Reynolds' mustache? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Well, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> we lost him. We might have lost uh, Juwan. Hold on. Um, either way, 
uh, let's just do the normal thing that we do. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a moment of silence for Burt Reynolds, and then we'll carry on with the show. And Joel can say or uh, say a couple things if you'd like about him. But uh, everyone, let's be quiet for two, three. Thank you, Bert, for all your work. Back to you, Joel. Thank you, sir. Thank you, uh, Bert Reynolds, for all the all the time that he spent on this planet entertaining us. Uh, <laughs> I, I, one of my oldest one of my oldest memories is uh, smoking in a bandit and how I fell in love with that car. And I think I had three different versions of that same car in the Hot Wheel in three different colors. It was, it was, I loved it. It was awesome. <laughs> I really do. I still have them. I, my favorite one, weirdly enough, is that hot pink one. But whatever, it was it was a really cool color. <laughs> but uh, I really did like that. Mine um, was strip teeth. No, there, look who's here. <laughs> he decided to show up. Um, <laughs> strip teeth, nice. Right? I'm glad that you strip teeth is the only thing you remember of Burt Reynolds, uh, unfortunately. Um, moving on, we're gonna move on from that, unfortunately, because um, we have other things to discuss. Um, Iron Fist season two came out. Um, Dane, are you? You're not saying this, are you? No, I'm gonna peace out. You guys talk. Let me know in the message when you're done talking. No problem. No problem. All right, so it's just gonna be the three of us, right? So Iron Fist season two came out this weekend, and uh, the three of us managed to binge uh, binge it and get it done. Um, Luckily for us, it was not 13 episodes like it normally is. It was only a 10 episode binge. It was a quick binge. But overall, I will say in, in a short summary, without giving anything, because we're not we're not going to spoil. Do you guys want to spoil anything? Do you want to do spoilers? Yes, yes, yeah, want to do spoilers. All right. Yes. All right, we're going to do spoilers then. All right. So in a short summary for myself, without without me personally spoiling until we get to that point, um, I really enjoyed it overall. Like I thought it was, especially compared to the first season, and I didn't hate the first season like everyone else did, but this this second season obviously felt different. And I was just impressed with a lot of the the, the storyline and the acting in it. And, of course, the choreography is much better than where it was. And I like the way the ending sets up for where the future is going. I know some people were confused by it. Uh, some people were excited by it. But uh, I, I, we'll, we'll get to that point. Anyway, uh, Juwan, how do you feel about Iron Fist Season 2? Um, I thought it was refreshing. Um, I Good word. somewhat like you didn't think uh didn't I didn't think the first season was good. Let me just like clarify that. I didn't think it was good. I did not think it was the worst thing ever created. I think outside <laughs> of the the idea of the martial arts being just completely garbage, it wasn't yeah. a horrible show. Um I think just what put a lot of people off, it's like this character is like is supposed to be kung fu, and the kung fu is horrible. Like, like the martial arts is horrible. Everything is just really bad. The one thing that you shouldn't get wrong, you completely got wrong. Um, outside of that, I love Joy. I love Ward. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I love Colleen. So I thought the characters were great. I thought the story in the first season wasn't horrible. Um, but as far as the second season, like I said, it was refreshing. Uh, as Joel knows, I spoke to him about the ending. The ending completely just threw me for like eight loops. Um, <laughs> but I did enjoy it. I will say, um, <clears throat> we got to, um, uh, right after episode six, I was just like, wow, like this show is like really captured me. Then unfortunately, like seven and eight, I kind of was just like, ugh. 
And it, to me, it ended strong, but just confused me at the very end. Um, but I did think it was a good season. I see a lot of uh, critics. Joel was telling me it was, what, 53 on Rotten Tomatoes, you were saying? Last time I did it was like 57. I can go check. Oh, 57, okay. Um, Kanan had pointed out to me that a lot of people <laughs> hated Iron Fist Season 2. I am not one of them. I did enjoy it. I do want a Season 3. Um, so I, I do need people who think they hated it to rewatch it and say you liked it. Um, so you don't ruin us possibly getting a season three. Um, right. but yes, sorry, I'm going on too long. I'm sorry. I did enjoy season two. Very, very good to hear. Uh, I also did. Uh, Nick, how did you like Iron Fist season two? Well, as you all know, I fucking hated season one. Um, I, I, did, I mean, obviously, the choreography was, was a big issue, but also, for me personally, I just I didn't feel like they had captured any sort of essence that I see as Danny Rand. Now, obviously, you know, you have to, a character has to evolve, um, but it, it, I just didn't feel, I didn't like the way that they did the character. Um, he was too anxious. He had, like, for somebody who's supposed to be, like, like, uh, very involved with his chi and being centered and everything else. His like continuous outbursts were just like crazy to me. It very much reminded me of Anakin Skywalker um, from the prequels, and it, and it, and it just kind of it, it drove me away from it. Like I was like, it was put it put it this way, it was painstaking to watch. Like I watched every single episode of it, but like at no point was I like really really happy I was watching it. Um, and I'm 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 very. Uh, happy to report that I did not have that same viewing uh, experience with season two. Um, the uh, There's a few things that I really liked about it. Uh, w- real quick, I want to just throw out two Easter eggs. First of all, the, the fact that um, a, uh, a 616 in progress is, yes, uh, is yes. a, yes, what a fucking yes. awesome Easter egg, dude. Like, <laughs> that, that was awesome. great. Uh, like, I, I, like, like, kind of, uh, audibly like geeked out a little bit like i, yes, I don't I it wasn't quite too. a laugh it was i don't even know what it was it was just like me like <laughs> getting all sweaty yeah. um but so i loved that uh i also loved uh when misty says to colleen night and wing it's got a good ring to yeah. it like i was That's like oh next little yeah. fucking crossover play play with words like um like i, I liked that i thought it was cool um so those are like the two little Easter eggs that kind of stuck out to me um, the most. There was another one that I can't remember, and I wish I'd written it down because I binged most of it today. I watched the first episode last night and then the rest of them today. Um, wow. But uh, unfortunately, the the other little Easter egg, maybe one of y'all can remember it and throw it out there when we kick it around some more. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I, the acting was far superior to season one. Um, I thought everybody was like, they, they toned everything down. Everybody was much more subtle with their performance, their delivery. Um, the, the Kung Fu was better. Um, it's still kind of like, they still do a lot of cuts, like a lot of cut shots, which I don't like. Like I would rather them have like, like longer, like extended scenes of, of them fighting that are like super well choreographed, but the, but the cuts didn't feel as abrupt. Um, and, and it seemed to flow better. Like, um, I, I would actually like to, and I'm not going to do this. Actually, I wouldn't like to do this, um, but 
Uh, I think it would be interesting to sit down and rewatch like the fights from season one and compare them to the ones from season two. Um, <laughs> but just Somebody because I really, <laughs> well, I really do think like it, because they, like I said, they still do a lot of this, um, like a lot of cuts in between, um, like, like while the fights are happening. Um, so you can kind of tell like that you're dealing with, um, like not the cream of the crop martial artists, you know what I mean? Like if you got like a Donnie Yen or a Tony Jaw or a Jackie Chan, like they don't need you to cut that many times because they're fucking badass as shit. So you're, you have to kind of keep that in mind. You're not dealing with um, like supremely talented martial artists. These are actors who are learning martial arts as they go. But you can see that it got better from season one to season two with them having more time to prepare. Um, I always thought mm-hmm. Colleen's fights were the best fights in season one, and that holds up to me in season two. Um I think uh, she's definitely, like, my favorite as far as watching um, her uh, in, in, you know, uh, a martial art, arts capacity. Um, and I don't know mm-hmm. if maybe that's just because she had a little more training going in. Um, I, I'm not sure what the background is there, or she was just maybe a little more adept at, at doing it. Um, but, like, her, her scene's really good. Danny's are definitely much better um, than, than they had been previously. Um, so that was good. There's a lot of cool fight scenes in it. Like just from episode to episode, there there's a lot of great ones. To me, the one thing there was no standout like scene, um, mm-hmm. which you know obviously you know when when we talk about like Daredevil, you know we talk about like the hallway scene and right. the the stairwell scene. Like, and then, you know, like, uh, the, the prison break scene, uh, so season two kind of had two of them. Um, and, and, you know, you, you just Daredevil's on a whole other level. So it's like, you can't, you can't expect it to be like that, but overall, I mean, I still really enjoyed it. I, I loved Misty in this. Um, like I've always yeah. liked Misty Knight, but I just, I feel like the way, I feel like the way that they wrote her like lines for this were particularly good. Like her quips were so spot on. Like she had me like laughing like a lot through and not like hysterical laughter, just like quip little one liners that is like, yes, that's Misty Knight. Like that is fucking perfect. Um, so like she was probably my favorite character in this, in this whole season. Um, like from the moment she popped up and kind of got into the mix, I, um, I just really liked it every time her character was on screen. Um, I, uh, I I liked Ward a lot more. Um, I didn't I didn't really care for him very much in the first season. I I liked where they took his character this season. Um, uh, I thought it was very interesting to see um, how his his character and what he's going through in very kind of different ways. Um, but at the same time, it like kind of parallels what Danny is going through. Um, the fact that they're both having to kind of find themselves. Um, is, is is very interesting and to see them kind of bond over that and of course um you know kind of um you know walk off into the sunset together at the end um sorry i know we're not the spoilers yet but that's not too spoilery um <laughs> but like i i like that relationship i really like where how they set that up and where where they could go with it and um so i really like that aspect um 
The, I also really liked the um, uh, uh, Mary. Um, like when yeah. when they first set her up, you're Mary, like, what's what wrong with this chick? Like, <laughs> th- like Mary. there's something like really strange about this fucking girl. Like, and you're not quite sure what it is. And then when you start piecing everything together, you're like, oh shit! And the way that they kind job. of like, yeah, they did, and they didn't like they didn't show their hand too soon. Like you were still piecing it together, like you know, through maybe the second or third episode, and then it was like the third or fourth episode, you were like, oh, okay, I got it. Like, I see what's mm-hmm. happening now, you know? Um, and obviously when that gets revealed um, to, you know, our characters, um, or at least one of our characters, um, like we already know as an audience, and so we're wondering, like, how are they going to figure it out? And, you know, so I, I like that. I like the kind of bait and switch that they were able to pull off with, there are a few different reveals for this one. Like, um, it's good to like have the things that the characters know that the audience doesn't know, but then simultaneously or like later on have something vice versa that, you know, the audience knows, but the characters don't. So you can like feel the tension. I think they did a really, really good job with that. So all in all, like I was pretty impressed with it. Um, I mean, very, way, way better than season one. Um, and I, I agree with Juwan. I'm I'm actually really intrigued to see where they go with this, um, because of I guess the epilogue, if you will, um, mm-hmm. that they that they left us on. Um, because I think it, it did kind of set up for um, for some interesting um, some interesting uh, directions that they could take it in the future. Yeah, it sets up for one of the greatest storylines in the comic books for Iron Fist. So if it gets to that, if they get the chance to tell that story, I'd love to see them do it. Like I have my own nitpicks. Um, I won't say it was a perfect show by any means, but I yeah. really like, like without like repeating what you just said, a lot of what you just said is kind of how I felt about it. There's just so mm-hmm. much good about it. It was hard for me to get completely disappointed. If there was a, a thing that kind of bothered me, it was kind of it kind of felt like they were forcing Colleen into the role that she was in, in the, at the end of the show, mainly because not because of the character herself, but because it, as a as an answer to what happened last season and everyone complaining about Danny and liking her more, so they're gonna put her in the forefront. And at some point, it kind of felt like she was replacing them all together. And well, you know, spoilers. Um, because sure. at, at some point. At, I don't it, look spoilers. We're gonna be we're spoiling it from here on out. We're spoiling it. So here it is. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at some point, uh, midway uh, through the show, Danny loses his his fist. He loses the iron fist to Davos. Davos steals it from him, and then he has a red iron fist, and he yeah. has a serpent um, tattooed on his back. Um, really cool. Uh, um, how he and he was able to use both fists, not just the right knee, to the left and right. Uh, and he was. He's a great actor. <laughs> I think he's a really good actor. He probably earned his spot as as that in the audition process for that role. Because um, I think that he got that guy got levels, man. I, I think there's something to that guy. Um, I, I I really enjoyed that back and forth a lot. And then eventually, um, when Danny kind of had a point where he just there was so much self doubt in him um, that he kind of felt like it was. He earned it because he kind of did earn it. He beat Davos in, in, in the sun chamber. He beat the dragon when it came down to it. But at the end of the day, he was just this kid, this white kid from New York who did grow up with everything. And he kind of – it's weird that he had kind of like – he, he kind of felt bad that, that he got that. He doesn't know if he was he just deserved it. He wanted to deserve it. And what happened with the Iron Fist is he, 
he, he was driven his whole life to get that, that iron fist. Um, and he knew it. He saw it. And so it was like, like you were saying, like it was kind of an addiction. Like with Ward, there was a parallel. It was like an addiction. He needed it. And so right. he knew it, and he saw that was happening. And then he decided that I can't get it back. I need to earn it back, weirdly enough. He doesn't want to just take it back because he doesn't feel like he deserves it because he doesn't know if he, he doesn't feel worthy of it, kind of. It's yeah. kind of like that. And um, and so he decides to give it to um, – Colleen, Colleen's resistant. Colleen, she's resistant to it, and but eventually she just realizes it's probably best, and she accepts it. And of course, she gets her own tattoo with the dragon, and a little bit of other designs. We find out later, she might be a um, descendant of a former Iron Fist herself. So, mm-hmm. well, we're like, oh shit, who's this? Because I I know very little of the history of the Iron Fist. But when, when he was talking about it, when she mentioned it, I remembered certain things from when I was younger, <laughs> like that storyline. Um, and it was starting to pop in, but I wasn't 100% sure to the very end when um, the biggest thing that happens, because eventually she gets her fist, uh, and, of course, Davos loses his, and Danny's left with nothing. But it wants to go, and like you said, him and, and Ward go together to, into the center. He wants to learn the legacy of the Iron Fist. So he leaves. Right the U.S. to go out into Asia to find more, to find out more information on it. So what happened, we find out that Davos got, because um, midway through the, sh- the show, he orders a casket from Asia. We don't know mm-hmm. where or how, but it's apparently it's an old Iron Fist, and he uses the, the, the emblem on the, on the corpse to get the power, the whole the ritual you needed. Anyway, we find out the way he got that casket was from a man by the name of, uh, Orson Randall. And if you know anything about Iron Fist, Orson Randall in the comic books, I don't know how the show's going to do it. Orson Randall in the comic books is the Iron Fist before Danny during World War II, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he was the one that had, if you see, the, you might see the, the very popular image of the Iron Fist with the gun. That's Orson Randall's uh, Iron Fist, not Danny Iron Fist. Um, so there's a whole lineage there. There's been Iron Fist through the years. And um, one of the ones that if you know, if you read that comic book, they talk about the pirate um, princess, and that's one of the. Apparently, that's the one Colleen's related to in some capacity. So they're connecting her to the Iron Fist lineage more so than she ever was in the comic book. So I'm very curious, uh, especially with with the way it ended with Danny with the two guns and all that. I know that uh, <laughs> Joan was a little lost there, but I, I sent him some information just for him to like, so, you know, to and try to understand where. My mind was compared to where his mind was because I'm like I started geeking out really hard when that happened and <laughs> he mentioned Orson Randall. I was like, holy shit, they're doing it! They have to be allowed to do season three. Anyway, uh, uh, Jawan, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we move on? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the I was really upset one uh, that Colleen had gotten the fist because I told you. Um, I was afraid that the show was going to start to do what the Flash did, to where everyone started getting powers, and it was just like, all right, holy shit, now, like, is this about the Flash, or is this about a team full of superheroes? I, I completely lost where it was going. Um, so at the moment when you know it ends with Danny and and, and Ward just kind of going off to Asia, and Colleen has the fist, I was just like, all right, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on, you're now about to end this season, and Danny has no fists. Like, I, I'm going to lose my mind here. Um, it's super cool to see Colleen with it, the idea that the fist can kind of manifest the sword. So, like, both are, like, uh, you yeah, know, kind yeah. of, like, uh, kind of both one. 
Um, so I thought that was really cool. It looked cool. The visual of it was awesome. The biggest issue I had at, at the end when Danny showed, uh, you know, the when uh, that was awesome. I was completely fine with yeah. that. I like the, the biggest issue colors, I had with yeah. Danny. <laughs> Also, yes, that is that is huge that each fit – well, each person that contained the fist had different colors uh, in this season. Um, but my biggest issue with Danny at the end when he uh, shows the audience that he has two fists now instead of one uh, – well, now has two fists instead of none, rather. Um, my biggest right. issue was I thought the best way to have done that scene would have been if you had Ward go about the way that he was doing it, and then Ward kind of says, you know – I'm not the one you have to deal with. You have to deal with that guy. And then, like, the lights go off, and then it kind of sh- shines to where Danny's sitting, and you just see the two fists light up, and then you see his face, and then the screen fades to black. That would have been the best possible way to end that, to where even me, who is not that familiar with the comics, would have been like, all right, I need season three right now. That was freaking amazing. I love the, you know, the, the look of that and everything. Like, how did he get the fist? Um, but when you do it to where it's like, all right, he, shoot it. he has a gun now, two guns now. He's shooting it. The bullet now has, like, the power of the iron. Like, I was just like, okay, you guys are doing too much for me. You're throwing me <laughs> off. You already killed me with the whole Colleen thing. And I was just like, it would have been a way better visual if you if you had Ward stand up, like the lights went out, and then it flashes over to Danny, and you just kind of see the two fists being uh, being lit up, and then you just see his face, and then it just fades to black. And then in season three, we see how he got it, and you know we see the journey from there. But when you add the guns in, I think a lot of people, not just myself, who aren't familiar with the comic, was just like, all right, wait a minute. So like... <laughs> Instead of getting better at this whole martial arts thing and like you know getting better with the fist, like you're you're doing guns now. That's what we're doing, Danny. So I mean, it completely threw me off, and I hated it till I spoke to you, Joel. And then you were like, Juwan, don't be an idiot. Do you know anything about the comics?" And I was just like, "No." And then you schooled me. I still hate it, but I understand it now. Um, I, I just think it just would have been a lot better if they would have went for something like that instead. Um, and last thing was. I love that um, Danny mentioned this during the season because I think a lot of people forgot it and got lost with it because a lot of people hated the Defenders. The last thing Matt said to Danny was protect my city. And Danny mentioned to Colleen that that really spoke to him. Like he really wanted, you know, he wanted to protect the city, but now he felt even more uh, compelled to do so to, to protect the name of Daredevil um, and pretty much the sacrifice that he made. Um, so I really thought that was awesome. I loved how he kind of, kind of shouldered that with, you know, his, and Joel, we mentioned this when we did our Luke Cage review. Remember I had said we had seen a dark side of everyone but Danny. We had seen Luke's in, in, uh, season Mm -hmm. two of Luke Cage. We have seen Matt's. We have seen, uh, Jessica's. And I remember saying to you, I'm really curious, will Danny take a turn to where it's like, we see the, the darker side of Danny. And we did. We saw a lot in this season to where he wanted to use the fist to kind of put a guy out. And Colleen, you know, had to come in a few times like, Danny, like, relax. <laughs> like, you, you can't put your yeah. fist through the sky. Like, calm down. Um, so it yeah. was really good to see that because in the first season, he just kind of seemed like just that ultimate Boy Scout. Just like he would never do something like that. And just to see the events from that to Defenders to Season 2, him kind of take a little bit of a darker turn was really refreshing to see as far as his character, because uh, you get it out of his system now. 
Um, but besides that, like I said, I enjoyed it a lot. Anyone who says they hate it, rewatch it, lie even if you have to, and say you enjoyed it. So we can get a season three. So we can see Danny with those two fists taking out people in New York City. But um, I did enjoy this season. And thank you, Joel, for schooling me so I better understood uh, that ending. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand where you're coming from because, look, it is confusing considering, like I just told you earlier, Orson Randall is the one with the guns. He's the gun fool guy, not Danny. So, like, I don't remember Danny ever really using guns. <laughs> that's a whole new, that's, that's a different aspect to me. I, but it is it is possible because he's the one that can do that, that whole thing with the guns. That's Orson's thing. And the thing with the sword was the, the older, the, the princess, the pirate princess. That's why Colleen apparently could do it, too, with her sword. Because she could do it with her sword. I mean, her descendant can do it. So it makes sense. I get what they're trying to do. And I understand and that it's whole a fair, And it's a family heirloom sword, and they're tying in how she is somehow connected. Exactly. Right. So to that yeah. whole thing. And Wait, that's really why quick, like, really quick, now that you mentioned that, Nick, that bothered me a little bit. When at the end, Colleen picks up the coin, and there's like another side to the coin. It was like, wait a minute. And she never looked You're at the other side noticing? of the fucking coin. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. I'm like, how one. did you never just look at that coin? But how do you get a coin and never look at the other fucking side of it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, was like I was like, to me, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. When I first saw it, I was like, oh my god. And then like after like the show was over, and you know, I, I started talking to Joel. I went back and I looked at the scene again, and I was like, wait a minute. She had had this coin. How the hell did you have the coin and never just flip it over? Something just as simple right. as flip it over to see the yep. other side. I was just like, all right, come on. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nitpick that too much. But like, come right. on. Like, seriously, that that's yeah, a little crazy yeah. to me. I, I agree <laughs> with you there. Like, again, like it, it's it's a little nitpicky, but it's still, it's just like anybody who gets a fucking coin, like you know, you're gonna look at both sides of it. You're not gonna just look at one side of right. it. So. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So Iron Fist Season 2, I would say, overall, was a, a good show. I think we all agree. We all enjoyed it. Uh, we have our issues, but nothing too crazy. Um, to yeah. Really hate the, the show. I, I would like to yeah. add one more quick thing. Um, Go ahead. No big, no big character deaths uh, this, this season. Um, no. But, no. Uh, but I will say uh, it kind of got me a little bit when BB got it. Like, I knew it was coming. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. shocking. But, like, yeah. still, it like, though. it was – it, yeah, it hurt, especially because of, like, what it meant to Colleen. Like, it really made you yeah. hurt for her um, because, you know, she obviously, like, they really set up how she had a vested interest in not only him but all of these kids. And, you know, I can only imagine, like, from her character's perspective, like, how she must feel as far as having, you know, kind of failed them. Like, yes, it's not her fault, but at the same time, like, you know, she wasn't able to do what she wanted to do, and that was to help these kids. So, like that one was uh, that one was kind of crazy. And then, of course, um, the uh, ring leader of that whole group when he got his throat slit, I did not see that Ryan. shit coming. Yeah, they uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't see that coming either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't see that shit. So that was the most shocking one. Like I was like, that was. Uh, well, yeah, it was. I will like, say, oh, I would have been. There. I would have been uh-huh. shocked, and I'm still trying to, like, grasp how, like, she's not in, like, a coma or something. I kind of feel like she just, like, walked it off. But Joy being pushed off of, like, <laughs> that, uh, you know, that not the balcony, but the, the platform she was on. And yeah. she got up. Her head was, like, super bloodied. And I was just yeah. like, right. all right, wait, hold on. I was like, hold on, writing. You're telling me her head is severely bloodied. 
but she just has like a broken leg. <laughs> like she's walking this I'm off. Pretty, I was like, how is? I'm how pretty is she sure. Not she I'm pretty sure she, she had, had a concussion, concussion too. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it concussion. was only one story, so like, you know, like I mean, I feel like you could survive that. I mean, but that's still yeah, like. I agree. It, if if you fall, I mean, it, it was a high one story though, so I'd say about what fifteen feet, like a fifteen yeah, foot fall on like but hard on ground. Um, right, exactly. it, yeah, and you don't really know exactly how she landed either. Like obviously she hit her head, but obviously like if they're saying she lived, like she didn't like fall directly on her head, like it happened in right, some kind right. of recoil. Um, but like and with yeah, the adrenaline um, pumping, you bleed like a pig. Yeah. <laughs> well. And I I just had, like, a sneaking suspicion that she wasn't going to be dead. Like, you know, oh, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I was just like, I don't think she's dead. Like, I, I, I'm i pretty sure she's not dead. And then when she wasn't dead, I was like, yeah, I kind of figured. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I don't know. It, did, it didn't really bother me that much. Um, though I, 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 I probably... do have one Easter egg. Oh, when you're ready. Ooh, when yes. you're done, I mean. No, um, no, no, go I ahead. Had... Oh, okay. I had one Easter egg uh, I was looking for because I thought they were reporting it like a couple of weeks ago that this character was in in the show, and I'm like, I gotta see where this character, who, like, where, and what, what, like, in what way. Apparently, the character Stephen Chen is in in the show. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, Stephen Chen. Anyway, uh, that character is a more recent character, is a newer character. Um, he is uh, Blind Spot, the character of Blind Spot from the Daredevil, the most recent Daredevil comics where he's back in Blind. Spot. Oh. Um, yeah, so apparently. And he's, an, he's a Chinese guy uh, who I forget exactly what he does in the comics, at least. Uh, but the character, Sam Chung, I'm sorry, his name is Samuel Chung. Um, and, but apparently that character was casted in this show. I'm not sure if there's going to be more to that guy later. He was in like four, I think they said four episodes. I saw him, I didn't know it was him until like the last couple episodes. But I, I did, Was I he the guy who was running the community center? Yes, that's him. Okay, Sam. yeah. Yeah, they made him yeah, prominent enough. Yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't. I didn't even catch his name at all. But I felt like they made that character prominent enough to where I was like, keep an eye out for this person. Especially because yeah, yeah. you could kind of see like a little romantic tension between he and Colleen. And like now that Danny and Colleen are like, we don't know what's going to happen with them. I could see them going somewhere with that potentially. That's um, possible. So yeah. Also, like I don't know if this this you know is a possibility or not, but. Um, it, what is it called? Daughters of the Dragons? Is that Misty yeah. and, yes. and yeah? Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if we could get that because I feel like they like they kind of alluded to setting that up a little bit in Defenders, um, yeah, and then did. like they, they really they really laid a lot of groundwork this season for it, um, and without it being like ham fisted, like I didn't feel like any of it was like. Like, it's not like they were trying to find ways to put these two characters together. It's just like whenever these characters are on screen together, like, they probably have the best chemistry out of any characters um, in the show. Like, so, like, I, right. I would love to just see more of them and the fact that they're, like, both talking about what they want to do and, and with their future and everything. It's like, yes, like, open up, like, your own, like, little agency. Like, if if, you know, for whatever reason, like, if we, like, and and I already know what Jawan's gonna say. He's gonna say, "Don't come at me with that bullshit until we get heroes for hire." And you know what, Jawan? Sure. I'm fine. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but like at the same time, like I I think I think like we can get both. Like I would love to see both of those, and it would we, be cool. We should like, get both. Yeah, we, we should, should totally get both. Well, sure. And I think I'll say I think this. the kind of I think the kind of rapport that um that like 
those two team ups have, but then also how they could cross over. Like obviously Danny and Colleen have this history now. Um, and I don't, I, I think like the, they're, they're kind of split from each other felt really, um, genuine in my book like the way that everything kind of transpired I I really understood where Colleen was coming from like like I feel like her intentions were made clear and ultimately she was like you know what like you're right this is what we need to do but this is going to change the nature of our relationship like it's just going to right. and you know I mean of course it did and then obviously Danny's got to do what he's got to do with then um so I mean when he whenever he does come back I he, wouldn't expect them to like just get back together like Right, I expect right, them right. to be friends, but right. I don't. I don't see that that romantic angle coming back into play. And then obviously, you know, um, uh, um, Luke uh, has you know the kind of uh, the um, hookup connection with Misty from like way back in I think season one of Luke Cage. Right. Um, so like, there's some there's some like tension there. And then of course you got the whole like you can play up from the comics, the whole Danny ran with Misty Knight thing. And then that yeah, just like, is there's a lot you could do with that. And like, I don't necessarily need there to be a daughter of the dragon show, but like if they could make, incorporate that into like next season, uh, and then right. somehow incorporate heroes for hire into like, you know, one of these, like, I think that would be super dope. I totally agree with that. Yeah, like, no. uh, you won't hear an argument. From I think, either. Yeah, no, I think the best thing they could do with that is <clears throat> at some point, uh, I mean, you got a guy that has unbreakable skin, you got people with glowing fists. At some point, there needs to be, like, a task force that handles people with abilities like that. Um, and I think the best two people to open up an agency like that would be Colleen and Misty. Um, and then right. once we figure out what's going on with Luke, because last time we left him, he's now a club owner. Uh, yeah. Instead of him going into the heroes for the hire like he should have, <laughs> right? Exactly. He's now like pretty much the Godfather of Harlem. Um, so I would like to see Misty and um, Colleen open up an agency like that, to where whether Colleen's training people to handle, uh, you know, like people like the Hatchets or something like that, um, and Misty has like her people. Um, and then once we figure out what's going on with Luke and figure out what's going on with Danny, we can have a crossover to, like, you know, once they kind of get their heads on straight, it's like, all right, well, maybe yeah, we yeah. can do this this team up of us all coming together to um, to, to stop a common goal. I, I think that would be great. And they kind of set, like, the seeds with Misty and Colleen, with Misty telling her, like, oh, yeah. you should be the captain like or, or something along those lines. And she's just like, ah, it's yeah. not really, you know, my thing. You should do it. So them opening up their own agency to stop people with like super abilities and stuff like that, I think would be great. Uh, and then if they like if they have an agency and they're trying to think of a name, they could call it Daughters of the Dragon. They don't have to call themselves that, uh, but they could call the agency that. Um, sure. Well, they, I think they called themselves. Cool. They had the, the their thing was called Nightwing. That's where that came from. Nightwing uh, Inc. or whatever it was called. I think that's how they called it. Nah, was. listen. Yeah, Nightwing. Listen, till I get a Nightwing movie, I don't want to hear anyone else saying Nightwing. Like, be the daughter of the Dragon. Absolute, man. Like, Jesus, you want? Um, only if Sith want Absolute, man. Yeah, we want both. both. Like, why can't we have both? We and we don't need them in any particular order. Like, come on, man. Um, but no, I mean, I do think I do think Juwan's right. Like, setting those up, like, um, like take your time, but you could set those up. And I also think, uh, like, doing that, like if you did like a, a season two of Luke Cage and a season three of Iron Fist that somehow 
you know, between those two shows, brought forth Heroes for Hire and then brought forth Daughters of the Dragon or Nightwing or whatever the hell you wanted to call it. Um, like, I think that could also be something really interesting to potentially set up uh, a second season of The Defenders. Like, if you already had those characters interacting on, on right. the same show together, it wouldn't be that hard to bring in, you know, um, Matt and Jessica um, you know, at, at some point, you know, no, when you all. already have the others uh, kind of all kind of situated around each yeah. other. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I would totally like dig that. I think totally. it's cool. I, to- I just want to see what happens after between Luke and Danny, and then we can get Heroes for Hire, and of course, Daughters of the Dragon. Um, all right, but we've been on this topic way too long at this point. Yeah, we have. Nate has been sitting there waiting patiently while we uh, talk to our Iron Fist and do Liu. Anyway, let's get to the topics. Um, let me tell Bane that we're ready. Um, um, first things first, oh, though. I'm here. Woo. What happened? I'm here. Oh, I did my, oh, uh, I did my tack and did some uh, power <laughs> yoga. So ready to rock off. <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad that you we sure gave it? you some time. Are you sure it wasn't super yoga? Super yoga, yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> That's a new thing. Go on to create super yeah, it's it a new thing. It's to go with you being super naked. Yeah, I was never yeah. mind. Luke Parker showed me how to. All right, topics. All right, <laughs> yes, so the biggest please. thing, at least this season, this season, I'm sorry, this week, the biggest news, at least in my opinion, that that came out of it was Henry Cavill has been casted in the Witcher series. He will be playing um, Geralt, I believe his name, of Rivia. Um, the Netflix series, and of course, uh, a, a series they're going to be making after a popular book series that became a, a gaming series that was also very popular. Um, and Henry Cavill has been casted. Um, I'm personally, I was com- kind of taken away from it because they. I remember every time you get a fan casting, usually if it's a face that people know, it usually never happens. Very rare. It happens once in a while. This is one of those very those things that happens where both sides put up art of Henry as Geralt, and it actually came to life. And I thought that was pretty cool. They kind of went younger than I expected, because at least the Geralt, from what I've seen, is an older character. Maybe they're just going in for now, and he's going to work into that. Who knows? I have no idea. But you can't go wrong with Henry. He's a great actor, in my opinion. I think he's a very good actor. I think he can definitely pull it off. And I'm really, really excited to see the Witcher series on Netflix, anything on Netflix, I'm, I'm excited for because they usually do a good job with their stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm good. I'm down for it. Uh, what does it mean for Superman? I guess we'll discuss in a little bit. I, I want to hear everybody else's uh, like feelings on it. So let's start with Dane. How is what are your feelings on Henry as as Joel from uh, The Witcher? Um, I think that that's a really good casting. I think it's kind of. Strange. Um, I don't know if studios are starting to figure out who Boss Logic is, but about two months ago, he posted a picture of, you know, Henry Cavill as his character. And um, now, you know, it's not like it's such a, 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 a huge fit. It's kind of a leap. It just seems like a good, uh, good role for this actor is what I'm assuming. Um, so I guess that that kind of pays off. Even if it didn't, it's just a really cool coincidence, I guess. I'm going to be honest with you. I have never played the video game series. I've never read the books. I don't know fucking shit about this guy, except for he's called The Witcher. So um, <laughs> I'm happy that Henry Cavill's getting something uh, to do. Um, some series, I heard it was like eight to ten episodes, which is probably good. That means that they're not going to have any filler 
style stuff. They're going to get right to the meat of it. It's probably going to be a good series. Um, I don't know within the storyline if the character dies or if there's, you know, progression for more seasons after this. Either way, uh, the main thing I kind of um, saw a lot online is people worried about him filming this, having to, you know, take up the schedule with him being able to do uh, a future uh, Superman movie. Um, and in my opinion, just, just based on my opinion, I don't think that that's necessarily an issue. Uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I wish they would make an announcement as far as re-signings or just uh, that they have something planned for a Superman movie in the pipeline. But we said that at length. But I wouldn't really worry about this project. Uh, you know, the amount of episodes will probably knock it off relatively quickly. And, I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, rude or anything like that to Henry Cavill. But, yeah, he was a Mission Impossible. But besides that, he hasn't had so many things holding him down, I guess, to schedule, block him from a movie that is, hasn't even been, you know, made, talked about. So, um, right. good for him to get some more work. Uh, I really like Henry Cavill. I think he's a damn good actor. I haven't seen the new Mission Impossible, but I heard he was really good in that. So um, it's another good thing for him, and um, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of him. For sure. For sure. Juwan, what do you think about it? How do you feel about Geralt and Henry Cavill combination? Uh, I love it. Uh, I played the game, huge fan of the game. Um, it, it's going to be so much freaking fun. Uh, to for them to bring this character to life, um, and Netflix is the best place to do it. Uh, it being eight to ten episodes is fine. I mean, it doesn't need to be that long. Um, I kind of would have preferred for it to be a movie, not really a, a series, but a series works. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It, it's super dope. I was, <laughs> I saw Boss Logic's interaction with uh, with Netflix on Twitter, to where he's like, I woke up <laughs> to like this news, like this can't be true, and Netflix was like. The artwork was so great, you know. We couldn't help but but to to actually do it, and you know that was just great to see them going back and forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things to where it's like you never really like sometimes you never really think of something till you see it. So like I never would have thought of Henry Cavill, fill, you know, doing The Witcher, um, mm-hmm. and then to see it from his artwork, I was just kind of like, man, if they could ever do that, that'd be freaking dope. And then boom, they do it. I was just like, oh, this is great. Um, so, I mean, I'm completely fine with it. Uh, I do agree with Dane. It has nothing to do with Superman. One, because I'm pretty sure The the Witcher probably comes out next year, and they haven't said anything about a Superman movie. So, it can't conflict with something that's not currently slated to film. Um, so, for people freaking out about that, that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, there's no connection there. Like, I'd understand if they were like, yeah, Superman movie to come out in 2019, and then you're like, wait, but wait, he's doing The Witcher in 2019. But that's not the case. So that, that there's no connection there. Uh, it means nothing, completely nothing. Um, unfortunately, it seems like his contract with Warner Brothers is um, still being worked on. I'd say it's more more so on hold at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you completely, Dane. It, it has nothing to do with the other. Um, and I'm pretty sure that if he ever gets a date from Warner Brothers and gets a deal done, whatever else he's working on, he would kind of clear the slate, uh, the plate so he could do Superman. Um, but, yeah, no, to you your should. question, Joel, I'm super excited about this. Uh, the game was awesome, and I completely trust yeah. Netflix to make this series even uh, yeah. as much as a great, you know, visual as they did the game. All right, but look, but even before he got casted, uh, The Witcher was on my two playlists. So 
It's coming. I'm going to play it before the show comes out for sure. And now I'm even more excited for it. Um, Nick, what are your uh, feelings on the casting? Uh, it's, it's fine. I don't really – I'm like, Dan, I don't really know much about uh, the game. I've never played the game. Um, you said it, it came from a, a comic book or something book. before the book. game? A book. There was a book. Um, yeah. Two books. Um, yes, I, I never read those either. So I don't really know know anything about the character. I have seen the pictures of the character, and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like older, like more seasoned. Um, right. But I mean, they can they can do that in makeup. I, I think as far as like the manliness is concerned, he's got the like right like look for it or whatever. Um, I'm just surprised sure. that like Jawan's not like on this train with all these other people. Like, God damn it, I want to see Man of Steel too before I see Henry Cavill in any fucking thing else. Like, you know, like he does with every fucking other thing. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, um, that aside, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's anything to worry about either. We'll get Man of Steel two when we get Man of Steel two. We all want it, but obviously Warner Brothers is not high priority on their list. So what are you gonna do? No, I get it. It's just his 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 stuff is on hold, like his contract on hold, and we don't know what's going on. There's a whole bunch of weird shit going on, but that's that's a business thing. We can't really worry about that. That's stuff we can't control. Um, we just all we know is that his his deal's not ready, and he's and I don't think like you guys are saying. I don't think this is gonna interfere regardless. Cause no. They're gonna film this soon, and his super and whatever thing he's doing for Superman. Uh, it, it, no movie-wise, at least, it's not for at least another two or three years. Even if it's a cameo, it's a cameo. It's not like it's going to really interfere with anything. If it is just right. a cameo, uh, like in Shazam, a little thing. That's nothing. Um, but, yeah, ho- you know, hopefully that doesn't uh, – hopefully we get some clarification what happens to your man down the line. But it is what it is. We all seem to like the casting, and it, um, I'm excited. I really am. I really do want to play this, this series. Um I've heard nothing but good things about the damn game, so I do plan on playing it. I was kind of excited prior to the casting, so I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, moving on. We have some casting news for Swamp Thing. Uh, Abby Arcane has been casted uh, by the actress Crystal Reed. You may know her from Gotham. as uh, She played, um, oh, my God, what was her name? In, uh, she was a Falcon. She was Falcon's daughter. What was her name? Anybody remember? Dane, you remember? Uh uh, then Trisha, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I, I don't remember. I don't remember her name either. But anyway, she that's where I know her from, and I know her from Teen Wolf. Um, but yeah, she's gonna be playing Abby Arcane, the, the lead actress in the Swamp Thing show. Good for her. I mean, I don't know much. Like, I don't know a lot about Swamp Thing. I know very little. I, I watched the old Swamp Thing movie. I watched the old Swamp Thing show, but I barely remember anything about the story except for Swamp Thing himself. So. I look for all, all I hear is good things about the comic books of Swamp Thing. Like they're so good here, this and that, and I I take I'll take their word for it because uh, again I've never read those either. Oh shit! Um, and um, but I am looking forward to it. Like the DC Universe streaming has has my money already, so I hope they do well with this show and this casting so far is is, is a good. I'll give it two thumbs up. What do you guys think, um, Nick? Uh, yeah, cool. I mean, I, I'm like you. I don't really. I'm not familiar with her work. Is this gonna be like on their streaming service? Is that where the show is going? Yes. Word. Uh, well, it's cool that they're. You know, they've got all these different things lined up for their streaming service. Cause like that's that's the big thing that was you know kind of concerning is like, man, you're gonna have to come up with a lot of shit like if you want people to really like buy buy this service at you know what, eight ten bucks a, a month pop. Um, or five, whatever it is, like, 
thinking like eight. If, yeah, that seems seem would seem to be about like the between five and ten. Um, but you know, regardless, um, you know, for them to to have all of these various shows coming out and to be you know moving them along at a, at a pretty quick pace and um, you know figuring everything out very quickly, it's um, it's it, it, it's uh, mm-hmm. I guess in a word like refreshing um, that like part of the DC universe seems to have their shit together. Um, and, and the TV side, you know, though I, you know, I don't, I don't really watch a lot of it. I mean, I know y'all all love it and that, you know, um, you know, these, these shows are, are really, really, really highly anticipated. Um, and they, like I said, they seem to have their shit together. So, um, so that's, you know, that's good news. And, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see Swamp Thing. Like, um, ultimately not super familiar with the character, but that's the thing. Like, I kind of like shit like that. Like, I wasn't super f- familiar with Legion, and that's, like, one of my favorite fucking shows on TV now. So, um, you know, and it was, yeah, it was it was just kind of jumping into something that I didn't know a whole lot about and was, like, eager to learn, um, you know. And then, you know, as you watch the shows, you know, you can learn things from the shows and then go back and learn um, how that, you know, what they're, giving you in the show how that relates to the comics and learn more about the comics at the same time. So kind of work backwards in a way um, if you're not yeah. ultimately familiar with the source material. So, you know, I like stuff like that. I, I will definitely check it out. Yeah, same boat here. I'm so totally – it might even get me to read the comic that I wouldn't, you know, freaking out. Yeah. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, Dane, how, how do you feel about the whole uh, casting for something? Um, I love it. I, I thought that she was great um, in Gotham. I thought she was a really a standout. Like her performance as Falcone's daughter, and how twisted mm-hmm. and manipulative she presented herself. Um, kind of going this damsel distress to get Gordon's guard down, and then completely come at it with the uh, dad's original um, my, crime mind. Basically, she did a great job. Um, anyone involved in this, I'm I'm very much looking forward to being a part of it. Uh, just in general, because I think that I'm kind of also, I'm happy that this is James Wan's production project. I love Berlanti has done, and I like that he has a stamp and he's trying something different with Titans and Doom Patrol. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys talked about it last, the fact that Brandon Frazier is going to be Robot Man is a really cool uh, casting, but I'm glad yeah, that something, on. yeah, I, I think that's a great casting. I, I'm just, like, Doom Patrol has that, that level of weirdness uh, that Swamp Thing originally made popular in the 80s. Uh, something that Al Gore, favorite comic writers, uh, really t- did a great job with. Uh, Constantine, uh, John Constantine came from that. Uh, the fact that, like yep. I said, that you have uh, James Wan, who just makes top and has hey, a deep love for Swamp Thing. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm very intrigued. Uh, it should have like maybe like an X Files or um, or a Fringe, like that style of um, of a sci-fi television show. And if done right, it's a very complex show. Nick, it's it's weird that you bring in Legion because that's exactly uh, the tone I would expect, sort of for a Swamp Thing um, television series. Is that level of weird sci-fi? Um, and I think that a lot of people get a bad perspective on Swamp Thing because I've heard two people go, oh, did you hear? Like, I've literally heard people that heard they're making a Swamp Thing series that only knew about the Wes Craven movies and the television show that branched off of that. <laughs> and for anyone that wants to get educated on Swamp Thing, definitely ch- check out Alan Moore's stuff. Alan Moore's one of the best writers 
uh, arguably of all time in comic books, very intelligent. Him and Frank Miller brought the perspective of, of writing comics to a completely different level in the 80s. Um, and Swamp Thing was one of his early works. So uh, great character. And I would also like to say that, I mean, they're doing an animated show. Um, I don't know if they're going to do this, but I would love to see Matt Ryan show up as uh, John Constantine on it. And, uh, you know, he can keep on popping up in different things. I know he's going to be on Legend of Tomorrow this year, which I'm very happy. And I know that they're doing another season for a show animated on the CW as well. Uh, but just to see him in every form pop up as John Constantine, not really give an answer, even though they're all in different universes, even the animated stuff, that'd be really cool. Uh, and I think he does the role perfectly. But, yeah, really looking forward to her casting, really looking forward to the show in general, and definitely more of a reason for me to check out the streaming service. Yeah, I mean, I would love nothing more for this this show specifically to become successful just so we can get a, a bigger version of that dark uh, DC universe that no, we don't get enough of, in my opinion. Uh, only only thing we've gotten is Constantine. That's what's a show I feel got canceled way too early, even though it probably shouldn't have been on a regular network. It probably should have been on a more, you know, a premium network so it can, it can get to that dark side. Shouldn't have been on a Friday night. No, yeah, that was already, it was already doomed to die as soon as Friday night. So I'm like, no one watches shit on Friday night. And you need ratings, you're never going to get ratings on a Friday night. But whatever, you know, it, it got it got the short end of the stick, unfortunately. Um, but hopefully he shows up, like you said. Maybe not this season, but then maybe the next season. Who knows? Because that's where he originally showed up anyway. If something's good, if something's good, is a possibility of seeing the, the, the Dark Universe show up at some point in Connect. I would love that. And from everything we've heard so far, it will be a horror-based show. So... I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I, I just there's, there's there's so many things this 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 app specifically can do because they have a full control. So right now this thing is going to definitely be kind of stand on its own as where Titans and, and Doom Patrol kind of exist within the same realm. Um, and it, it's fine. Leave it where it is. Swamp Thing can be its own thing for now, and, and as long as it stays true to its roots, will be okay in my opinion. So. Anyway, moving on to Doom Control. <laughs> we got some new Doom no, Control well, actually, real um, quick. Go ahead. I just want to say that another thing that I don't think people are realizing is the fact that there are a lot of famous directors and creators that love Swamp Thing. So, you know, yeah. with yeah. Uh, the CW shows, we Kevin Smith come in and direct episodes. Like, you know, pretty big creative minds. I wouldn't, especially if it does well, and James Wan is really uh, has some creative force in this, Gilmelo Toro has been wanting to do something related with Swamp Thing for a very long time. I could see him definitely possibly directing an episode or maybe, I'm not going to say show run, but being involved in some way. You know, that type of stuff happens with things like this. And on that platform, mm-hmm. more money, you know, not as camp, I'm not saying campy, but CW-ish. Uh, I think that that's a possibility that we could see people like that. Or even a Kevin Smith, who loves the character, come in and direct the episode, basically. Right, right. I totally, I totally. I mean, I would. I think Len Weissman is, is directing the pilot, so like, you already got people interested. Now, now just keep going. You gotta, you gotta run with it. There's definitely gonna be a lot of people interested in the series. Just bring in whoever is interested that has a good, unique vision for it, and go with it. And and James Wan, the master of horror himself, is attached. So I mean, it, it's in the right, it's going in the right direction so far. So hopefully they can keep with it, and hopefully it lives up to its expectations. You know. Anyway, yeah. we're moving into Doom Patrol. Please don't ever, don't don't ever. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, yeah. Never mind. 
I was going to say, like, that's kind of more of a Hitchcock title, but it, I think he's the master of suspense. So I guess you can give James Wan the master, of course. <laughs> the current master. Still, though, you call it. For, for right now. Uh, sure. Currently, the modern day uh, master of horror. I mean, it's hard to argue. The man, he knows his shit at the moment, you know? Very I'm not going to say classics. You know, the 80s and the 90s, that's different. But you can go West Craven all the way. You can go a lot of yeah. different directions. But but um, modern John day, it, it, it's exactly, John Carpenter. But right now, Juan, Juan is spearheading a lot of the stuff for modern days. Very um, true. Moving forward, uh, Doom Patrol news. Um, we did get a very interesting casting um, around the same time of the of the, the Witcher casting. It was really cool uh, that that all happened around the same time. Um, Timothy Dalton has been casted as the chief for the Doom Patrol, and I remember hearing a while back that uh, they were looking at um, what the hell is his name? I, see, I only know him as Fraser. Huh? Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, yeah, yep. he was. Uh, he was. Uh, there was someone that he was high on their list that they wanted to bring in to be the chief. I guess things didn't work out with Kelsey Grammer, so they ended up going with um, my man over here, who was in um, one of my favorite shows, Penny Dreadful, Timothy Dalton, and um, he was great in Penny. I don't know if any of you seen Penny Dreadful, but that's a that was a really good show, and he was really good in it. Um, if you, if for people that don't know, uh, and of course he was also James Bond, but I'm saying in something that's going to be closer to what he's playing with the chief, I think you'll see a similar character in, um, what the hell I was just saying, um, so the, the show, no, 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 the show that I just uh, mentioned. Oh, Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Yeah, he played a very similar character in terms of like look and, and sound and feel. Um, anyway, how do you feel about this casting, Nick? Uh, dude, I love Timothy Dalton. You forgot uh, one of his standout performances of the last maybe 15 years, I want to say. Hot Fuzz, man. Oh, Hot God. Fuzz, dude. <laughs> he was straight up baller in Hot Fuzz. Like, I, I, I specifically forget. remember watching that movie and being like, holy shit, dude, where the fuck have you been, Timothy Dalton? Um, oh, and, yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that was the first time I had seen him in in anything in a long time. Probably since, since the like, one of the Bond the beast, movies. Right? It's been so long. Since what? <laughs> the beautician and the beast. I don't remember him from that. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I can't. Yeah, uh, it's not... a girly movie, but it was it was a funny movie. It had they had the nanny, in it. that's why I remember. Oh, okay, gotcha. Fran Dresser. Fran Dresser, yes. Nice, dude. Yeah, she's still hot. Um, she's like <laughs> sixty. Uh, <laughs> God, I sound like such a pig. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Timothy Dalton, man, like, uh, it's, it's, it's good to hear his name still thrown around. Like, uh, I, I don't really know the character he's going to be playing, but like, yeah, I'm excited to see Jeez. Timothy Dalton, like in some more shit. Like I have wanted to watch Penny Dreadful for a while. Um, oh, I think so it's good. Showtime or stars. Yeah. Um, I don't have, I, yeah, I don't have either one of those. So, um, so I, I, I never it's really got a chance though. to catch it. Oh, is it? All right. Well, I think cool. so. I think so. Yeah, Showtime's usually pretty cool about about putting stuff on Netflix. HBO's like, fuck no, we got HBO. Like, we're you, you want you want our shows, <laughs> you buy our fucking shit. Um, where Showtime's a little cooler about it. Um, but no, I didn't know that. I'll have to check it out uh, if it if it is indeed on Netflix. I'll definitely give. I believe it, it is. It a, but you should nice. definitely check. I think I think it is. Um, cool. Dane, how how you feel about the casting, Dane? Um, I think it's great. I love the idea of Kelsey Grammer playing this character. I like I like uh, Chief because 
he's kind of like like Dr. Frankenstein meets Professor X, if that makes sense. He's, yeah. No, that's uh, exactly leader, right. <laughs> he's like the leader scientist of this weird group of misfit monsters uh, that they're, they're kind of like, they're, they're really like horror versions of Fantastic Four, basically. Uh, X-Men before even X-Men came out. And um, I think he's going to do great. I liked him a lot along with, uh, oh man, I can't remember the, Josh Hartnett and um, Eva Green mm-hmm. and, and Penny Dreadful. Uh, you know, he's it. also, he was a James Bond. Uh, no one's going to mention that because it's the most forgettable of his career. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really, I, I think that he'll do a very good job and it's, it's a, it's a good, uh, actor to pick and always good to have good actors. Do so I think Kelsey Brandon would have been better? I don't know. Uh, I think that they both can play the part, uh, that I'm thinking they're going to play in my head basically. So as long as yeah. they do very much the Grant Morrison style Doom Patrol, which with them getting certain characters like Mr. Nobody, like it seems they're going to go full fucking tilt weird, and that's all I really want from the show. And yeah, uh, I think they're still Cyborg, and the Titans are introducing Beast Boy, but whatever. We'll figure it out. That's funny how that works, right? <laughs> it's stupid, but whatever. Do what you got to do, DC Universe. Ad. Do what the fuck you got to do. Um, as long as it's good, I don't really care, right? Anyway, we're going to move on. Indeed. Moving on to, into, oh my God, here we go. All right, so this is one of the biggest things that happened this week. Um, we got our first look, official look, at uh, Captain Marvel, uh, the movie itself. We got pictures. It was, uh, I think, it was Entertainment Weekly uh, uh, cover. We got uh, a couple of pictures from inside. We got a little bit more information. I think we even got a synopsis. Um, there's a lot of cool sh- shots. Uh, the picture itself, even though she said I was going to break the internet, it kind of barely made a dent. But um, a lot of other things, though, <laughs> broke the internet for me. Specifically, um, like seeing the scrolls for the first time, even though there's some people mm-hmm. have issues with the women. Look, that that made me geek out pretty hard. I mean, I really did. I'm like, oh shit, we got scrolls, and they have their makeup. I love it. It looks good, in my opinion. Um, seeing Captain Marvel herself wasn't bad. The costume looked just like what we expected because we've seen a lot of concept art looked a lot like that. It was a little underwhelming, but I think there's more to that too that needs to be. I think there's more to it. I think we just they're just holding back on a couple of things. But the suit itself is pretty basic, but it looks pretty good. Um, the, the, I think the thing, she's part of a team called Star Force. That's a real deep cut, if you know Captain Marvel comics. Some of the characters that you may know are in it. Um, from um, I know there's a connection to, um, what's his name, Ronan the Accuser, and mm-hmm. I can't forget the other guy's name. Um, Jamon Henson uh, plays him. Yes, and I can't remember his name at the moment. I can't remember his uh, name either. He's part of the Star Force too, but he's uh, part of her the whatever specific squad. And, uh, Jude Law's character, who uh, we all believe is Marvel, but they haven't really officially announced that he's Marvel. It looks like. Um, anyway, a lot of cool uh, images. I think one of the other things that really I geeked out about was that we found that that the actress I can't remember her name at the moment, but she's playing Maria. Um, Rambo, and that, which obviously means she's going to be playing the mother of Monica Rambo. Uh, and I love that her nickname was Photon as an homage to Monica's old code name. But she's been through like five different code names, Captain Marvel being one of them. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Nick, how do you feel about Captain Marvel, about the, all the images and all the information we've gotten this week? Dude, it's super cool. Like, I, I, hey, I've always kind of contested that I, I preferred the, the like, green and black suit. Um, because it kind of reminded me more of of 
the uh, the character uh, from Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh, the yeah. character of Marvell from that from that series, the kind of color right, schematics right. and everything. He had the white going on cool too, too, but like, uh, but yeah, just that like that color scheme. I really like that green. Um, but yeah, the the fact that we finally got to see her in in the kind of the more I guess Superman color scheme sort of thing at the very end of that shoot. Um, yeah, it was mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, like, I mean, I I I mean, I like that too. I just I, I really like that it looks like we're gonna get a lot of the green suit. I think that's gonna be cool. Obviously, I feel like that kind of sets up, um, you know, with her character being involved uh, in what you said it's called Star Force. Yeah, I believe they're called Star Force. Yeah, so that's that's kind of like the star. It looks like the Star Force suit, you know, as far as mm-hmm. um, where like her the character. Uniform. Yeah, like their uniforms, yeah. Um, so that seems to be, like, where that, that kind of costume comes into play. And then, you know, obviously later we'll get kind of the the more, um, I guess, you know, iconic uh, Captain Marvel uh, costume. Um, but, uh, but I know, the, the one image that really stuck out to me was um, was when she's walking up, uh, Jamon Hunsu's characters with her. There's a few other characters who we don't know. One kind of looked like Gamora. Um, but it was like mm-hmm. really far away. It was kind of hard to see. I don't think it's Gamora because I think we would be. No. We've already heard That's about that. Minerva. That's her. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but you know they're walking up and Jude Law, who we assume is playing Marvel and Ronan the Accuser, are standing there. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks almost confrontational um, with with kind of the way the shot's set up. Now it may just be the. It may they may have just captured it in a way, or maybe I'm reading something into it that's not there. Um, but that little still kind of got me real geeked, like to see all of those characters right there and like kind of mm-hmm. convene. Like I just want to know what the fuck's going on in that scene, you know? Because obviously me too. we see Ronan the Accuser uh, in Guardians, and he's a fucking asshole. So we don't know if right. he's like that yet. We don't know if he's like we we don't know yeah. what where his <laughs> headspace is. You know, basically what. 30 years ago uh, from when right. we see Guardians? Uh, something like Basically. that. Close, close right. to that, you know? Um, so, uh, or I guess, I guess more like 20, 20 years ago. Um, but nevertheless, um, still, I, I'm I'm really geeked, uh, you know, just to see this movie, of course, and obviously to see how it, you know, eventually sets up where we go into Avengers Four and how it all tie, how it ties everything all together. Uh, but that that that's particular still was the one that really kind of stood out to me, and I kind of sat there and like examined it for you know like two or three minutes, just like staring at it, like what the fuck's going on here? Like I gotta know, like mm-hmm. I want to know, I want to know tomorrow, but unfortunately we gotta wait till March. No, I totally get it. And his name is Kor. I had to look it up, but his name is Kor. That's what he's playing in the movie. Uh, gotcha. Which I'm on. I'm sweet. Um, Dane, how do you feel about the whole Captain Marvel photos and, and her look and all that? I'm glad they finally got the right suit because the green <laughs> and white one was not the right suit. <laughs> Sorry, that's exactly how I felt about all those fucking idiots complaining about the original you suit of like the character. right now. It's fucking great. <laughs> Just it's just like uh, I'm sorry. It's like get outraged by stuff that makes sense, not stuff that's in the comic books that you just don't know about. You fucking idiot. <laughs> but either way, love the pictures. I think they look awesome. Um, it, I'm pretty sure it is confirmed. Jude Law's playing Marvel, which is the actually the character that that you were talking about, Nick. So I'm I'm hoping, even though we got his 
what looks to be his armor, but will be kind of just like her, the costume that we, we know him for, like in that picture with him and Ronan. I hope we do get an homage to him being in that original suit at some point, maybe when yeah. she first meets her. Um, I love that Marvel's in it, that she's in it, um, that uh, Photon's going to be in it. Um, you know, I think that's cool because that's the different car- Captain Marvel characters. Uh, Monica Rambeau is a badass character. She was uh, Captain Marvel just called that for years uh, within the comic books. Uh, you know, why Marvel, mm-hmm. when he died of uh, cancer in the comic books, actually, and um, she was still going by Miss Marvel, or she had, she had another name, Warbird uh, was, was Warbird. Uh, her name. Warbird for, for a long time. For Within the X-Men and giving the powers to Rogue and stuff that we can still happen in the movies, remember that. But either way, the the young picture of Samuel Jackson, you know, the age. age yeah, yeah, that was great. That was a good. Look yeah. pretty incredible. Uh, the scrolls, I can't get out of my head. Um, it was actually uh, Boss Logic who uh, made a joke about how they look like um, Piccolo from that horrible Dragon Ball Z movie. But they, they look like <laughs> yeah. they look they like do. scrolls. That's how it is. I'm hoping we get a lot of scrollness, and that at the end we find out someone's a scroll. I'm still hoping for all that. But uh, as far as seeing the pictures, I thought they were great. She got the normal fucking colors, people, so don't have to freak out about it. Because you saw one set photo not too long ago, but you know whatever. <laughs> uh, but I'm uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited about the movie. I love the uh, the cast that they have so far, and you know the weird comparison to Terminator 2. Uh, for like a, a tone, I guess, I guess that she's going to be Linda Hamilton is all I'm thinking of uh, with the directors comparing it. But whatever they're going for, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Brie Larson kick some ass as Cop- Captain Marvel. Sure. By the way, yeah. I had a question for you guys real quick. Did did we get that, that original set photo that everyone freaked out about? Did, that, did we get that before um, Infinity War came out? I think we did, but I can't I remember. remember. Yeah, I don't so remember. ask is because, like, it clearly at the end of Infinity War, they like sh- flashed the fucking Captain Marvel uh, uh, logo, right, and it's like it's it's got the colors that you like so like firmly desire, and it's like then I I just wonder if like even after seeing that color scheme, did people still freak out about seeing her like a, a variant suit, or you know I don't know, um, right. But, I just I just wonder. Um but I, I feel like I feel like we did see that set photo before, but I, I can't remember them. Possible. It's quite possible. I don't remember specifically, but look she looks good regardless in both costumes. And uh now we have a now we know for sure why she's wearing the other costume. So look at that. We didn't even have to wait until the movie came out to find that out. So that's good. <laughs> 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 Imagine, holy crap, what that would look like. Um, anyway, we got other news. Um, apparently, uh, Nick Fury and Murray Hill have been caught. Uh, uh, like, take the. There have been pictures of Nick Fury and Maria Hill filming their roles in Far From Home, uh, the next, of course, Spider-Man movie, the sequel to Spider-Man. Um, I saw them. They're they're very nice. Uh, we know that pretty much. If we didn't know Spider Man was coming back, well, we definitely know Nick Fury and Ray Hill also come back. Um, from the way, and I think Happy Hogan was also caught on uh, on set, and um, and uh, what's the name Pepper. So I mean, it's like uh, it's just it's great. They're very nice pictures. What do you guys think, <laughs> Dane? How do you feel about seeing Nick Fury and Ray Hill on set photos so far from home? 
Spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! Uh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I gotta keep on throwing that shade. But uh, yeah, I think that's awesome that they're in it. I think that the main thing of what they need to do, since we know that Pepper's in it and the two of them, uh, have a even if if Tony dies, have a fucking hologram scene that he's gonna like record for this or something, so mm-hmm. they can just get out the news that uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, because then it's gonna look really obvious uh, the further we go. But um, I, I'm cool, you know. They're in the movie and uh, they're not dust. And um, yeah, I'm excited about it. That's all I got. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Nick, how do you feel about it? Um, I'm no, I'm really pumped about it. I think the the coolest thing to me about it is we're further introducing Spider-Man into this larger universe. That you know he's very new to this universe. I mean, we we obviously got to see him uh, interact in Civil War, and then you know we get to see him evolved through um, Homecoming and then through uh, the first, uh, well, uh, Infinity War. I was about to say the first chapter, but we all know that's not true anymore. But anyway, we had to see him evolve through Infinity War. But it'll be cool to see him, like, because when you think about just, like, the Spider-Man movie in and of itself, um, it, it's very, like, kind of locally based, and you get a little bit of Robert Downey Jr., and you get, a you know, a, a fair dose of Happy Hogan. But, you know, he's they're, they're still trying to, like uh, – like Tony's still trying to really shield him and keep him grounded. Um, and the fact that this movie is called far from home and the fact that, you know, we've heard uh, all the various rumors about it taking place, you know, overseas or, you know, abroad and all this other stuff. Um, it makes sense that you would introduce, uh, um, I, I guess, introduce Nick Fury and eight, the eight, the shield and Maria Hill in, and into that world uh, with Spider-Man or vice versa, however you want to frame it, um, because right. he's, you know, he's he's becoming more ingrained and he's becoming uh, becoming his own person and everything. So, like the fact that you know these characters are now going to kind of come into contact with him, it's like a couple new characters and it's a new kind of added forefront of you know where this character will be and will go. Um, so I love that, you know, I, I love that aspect of it, um, getting, getting to see the character grow and, and getting to see his various new experiences with, you know, basically being a superhero, but still, still having to try to balance out being a kid, but, you know, his responsibility is going to get greater. Um, and you know, it's, it's just going to be a lot of fun to see it all play out. Yeah, man. I can't wait to see his interactions with Nick Fury, honestly. Like yeah. every, we've seen almost everybody interact with Nick Fury except now Spider Man. So I'm like, we right. our first interaction with Spider Man and Nick Fury. First time I ever saw Nick Fury as a as a character was in Spider Man. So it'll be my first. It, it, it'll be kind of cool to see it happen on live action. Mm-hmm. So about time, you know what it is. It, 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 it is what it is. I'm excited. Um, weirdly enough, um, for, not for the set photos, but for the idea. And now that we know for sure that they're going to be in it, so I'm excited. It is exciting. Anyway. Moving on. Yeah, very um, much. So we're going to move on now to our next uh, story. Um, apparently, uh, there's a chance that Guy Gardner might possibly be part of the Jeff Johns Green Lantern script, and I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, I'm I, Look, I've been known to, to be vocal about not needing that many human lanterns to begin with. I don't understand why there's so many human lanterns when there's so many aliens in space. 
Why is there like 7,000 human Atlanteans when you have that? And then why not other colors? Why are they all green? It just never makes sense to me. But the big three of the Green Lanterns that we know of, at least from our youth, is Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, and John Stewart. And we've already known for a while that they're probably going towards Hal and John, at the very least, in the next Green Lantern movie. But we haven't heard anything about Guy and what role he may play, or if he's on it at all. So there's a chance he might be in it. I'm not sure how big a role he'll have. Uh, we all joked around at the possibility of Mark Wahlberg being the Green Lantern, and this would be a great uh, great role for him, even if it's in just a cameo role, just for, for fun, you know? But who knows? Like, I have no idea. I'd be down for it. I'm so cool with it. Dane, how do you feel about it? Well, you know I'm all for this. I mean, this is... This is right up my motherfucking alley. Uh, like you said, there was three Green Lanterns uh, that were the Human Lanterns. And I'm going to get a little bit sweaty, so I uh, just just warning uh, for everyone who can't do it. Do it. Do it. Shit. Uh, do it. Uh, basically, <laughs> what I think they could do within the movie, explain that, you know, I know that in the comic books, there's usually supposed to be one per sector, blah, 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 blah. Then that person dies, and they get another they get a replacement. Well, just change it up a little bit. You know, especially with John being the one who's doing the blueprint for the script and him knowing Green Lanterns, I think he would be okay to be able to implement based on population, you know, or uh, the, the amount of interaction. And Earth obviously is going to become, you know, now with what happened on Justice League and, and going forward, a place of, uh, and just like in the comic books, where a lot of shit goes down, basically. So. I think Guy was in the comic books. I know Alan Scott technically was the first one. Uh, then he lost his powers, got his own powers from something else, became Sentinel. Hal Jordan later on received that. Um, and I think Hal almost died, or they thought he was dead. So it was kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where Sarah Michelle Geller died. They got another one to replace her, mm-hmm. or him, I should say. And that was Guy Gardner. Or maybe that was John Stewart, and then Guy became... I don't know. What I'm saying is... There's just they picked three fucking human lanterns because they needed based on population and everything like that for Earth. So other places will have that too, where there's two of them, where there's one per sector. And then if you had three of them, that gives three younger people a chance to become the lanterns later on. You know, with Kyle, with Baz, and with um, Jessica Cruz. So you can kind of set them up later on. You know, uh, I would love Guy Gardner, even like you said, if he's like one part of it. Maybe John and um, Hal are talking about him. They kind of talk shit. He comes into the scene, gives him a bunch of hell, and then sets up maybe for Mark Wahlberg going to chase Lobo, you know, in that Lobo movie. I'm, I'm still saying that would, be, that would be amazing. But they don't have to do that, obviously. But, yeah, fucking pick Mark Wahlberg. Are you kidding me? I mean, what, what are you going to do? I mean, you're trying to get a guy that's a douchebag, that's fucking Irish, that I'm, I'm your guy. I'm your fucking guy. I'm a fucking demoted douchebag. That's Irish. I know he's from Baltimore, but but fuck Baltimore, okay? He's fucking Boston. You need to be from, okay? So so it's it's fucking it's stupid if you don't fucking pick me to pay guy fucking Gardner. And people wanted him to play Hal Jordan. No 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 no. I mean, literally, Guy Gardner is the character that he played in The Departed. It's it's Steven Stifler, but even more of an asshole and not as stupid, just more of a dick. Uh, it's it's that type of role Mark Wahlberg would love to sink his teeth into. And my God, if you got Mark Wahlberg, Tom Cruise, and I think that we've named a bunch of different good actors for Jon Stewart, I think you would have a really awesome movie, and he could be the comedic relief that you need in there. 
But right. that's just that'd me. be interesting. No, that'd be very interesting. I really can't wait to see what this movie turns into, honestly. That kind of excites me a little bit. <laughs> very curious where that's going. Nick, how do you feel about the whole thing? Uh, I mean, I, I think it would be cool. I mean, I am not nearly as familiar with the character as you guys are, but I feel like Dane right. has ranted enough about the character in various different episodes that I, I feel like I know yeah. the guy pretty well now. Essentially, right, he's right. Dignum from The right. Departed. So, like, awesome. <laughs> Give me that fucking character. Like, I love that character. He's my favorite character <laughs> in the whole fucking movie. Um, but, uh, but no, like, uh, I did want to comment um, – really briefly on, on what Dane was saying, uh, I, I love that idea of having like, like having essentially three lanterns to protect, you know, the, the earth sector, basically. I mean, you could totally base it off population. It could be explained very, very quickly. Um, in a little, just a little bit of dialogue. Um, and you don't necessarily have to, um, you don't like, if your script doesn't necessarily call for having, um, all of the characters have a prominent role. Like, you could just know that there was another Green Lantern out there, and like you guys said, like he could make a cameo, or you know, just kind of have like a small part at somewhere in the movie. Um, so I, I think that's a really cool idea as far as a way that you could kind of um, have these three different Green Lanterns that have typically, um, you know, served apart from one another, where you could have them all kind of um, interact with one another. And, you know, kind of very much set up the mantle going forward. And the fact that you would have it be the Green Lantern Corps, um, you know, I mean, the fact that that's what it's going to be called is uh, just kind of goes even more in that sort of realm. I mean, obviously, the majority, I would expect that the majority of um, uh, of these kind of storylines are, are going to be Earth-based. If not take place on Earth, they're going to revolve around a lot, uh, revolve a lot around Earth, um, you know, being as that is, you know, our home world and everything. Um, so, you know, having there be three lanterns to protect Earth, I mean, I think ultimately that makes makes a lot of sense. And, you know, when we um, – I, I can't remember specifically, but I think when we saw the flashback in um, Justice League, there were multiple Green Lanterns in that battle, I believe. I think there was at least two. Um uh, I could be wrong. It could have just been one, but I think there was two. Um, so I don't know, but that would be really cool to uh, to see all three of those um, characters kind of share the share the screen. Obviously, you know, uh, I w- I would expect Hal Jordan to be the the prominent one, um, but it would be it would be really cool to see how kind of be the main character, but then you have kind of equal time between the other two. Uh, you know, John Stewart being kind of the the more like cool, calm, collected with his shit together, and then Gardner be kind of the more um, wild card, uh, Charlie Day <laughs> type character, if you will. <laughs> Charlie Day. <laughs> it's a wild card, bitch. <laughs> uh, hey, and before, before we go on, I, I post it, Nick, uh, in the group chat. So whatever you got a chance, you can look at it. Basically, one of the one of the things. Guy know is known for is is being a dick and being able to rile up people uh, that usually can be pretty cool. And there was a famous scene in Justice League Europe uh, where Batman was calling him you out for his bluff before. when he cut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I post it and, and basically it ends up with, you know, Batman's like, I'd like to see a try. And Guy Gardner starts cussing him out, says one thing that pisses him off and actually pisses off Batman enough to knock him out in one punch. 
So yeah. I would love something like that to happen because he's a hothead. That's 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 exactly the character that Guy Gardner is. He's someone that just goes. He ends up becoming a Red Lantern, uh, which is the rage-based emotion Lantern Corp, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of really, becomes really bad like for a while. Uh, so. You know, like I said, I keep on saying, there's this imp guy over in fucking Boston that that, that talks like this, and he, he he gets really upset, but he talks like you know, kind of silent and stuff. But but he's but he's upset, and he just so uh, yeah, I think that that would be a perfect cast. Anyways, yeah, just to throw that out there. One punch. No. From my comic book. Picture. One punch. Yes, great. That was actually one of the better scenes, and that's the most iconic. Weirdly enough, that's the most uh, thing, the thing people remember most about Guy Garner is getting knocked out in one punch by the man himself. Or mooning Batman when Batman left the Justice League, being on the opposite side <laughs> well, of the, that's the glass, saying bye-bye, Bats, <laughs> with his ass hanging out. Yeah, Stuff like that. This is true. That was a that was a very comedic comic for the most part, I and mean, he was a big reason why. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, yep. um, that was fun talk. Uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty though, because um, I think we're all here for this. Um, we have some news out of TIFF uh, about the Halloween sequel. I guess sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel. Uh, even though it's yeah. not a, it's a direct sequel to the first, but it right. doesn't have anything to do with the other sequels uh, that came after. I mean, from the past, it uh, it's it's a standalone sequel if that makes any sense at all. Um, anyway, <laughs> we got reviews. Um, it's coming out soon, um, and I'm excited and very. It's very good to hear that it's getting some pretty decent, um, getting some pretty decent buzz. Um, I've I've liked what I've heard. I've heard some good stuff. Uh, I, I I it's the be- apparently the best since the original. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I really don't know. I don't know how, how to take all this. I hope it is as good as people say. Um, it's, it has a lot to live up to. It's probably going to get cr- a super critiqued because that's what these movies do. I mean, and that's what critics do in general, but especially these uh, sequels to classics like, like Halloween, uh, they're going to, it's going to get judged hard. So hopefully it lives up to everybody, especially us, uh, our, our expectations. So, um, Dane, how do you, how do you feel about all the buzz coming out of TIFF about Halloween? I think it's, awesome. oh, did you say Nick or Dane? I'm sorry. No, I said Dane. I said Dane. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I think it's awesome. Um, I'm I'm really ha- uh, happy to hear that, you know, some people that are a little more – people that are going to be very not into a horror movie in general, maybe, um, that a lot of them really liked it. The, it got rave reviews. I'm, I'm happy that John Carpenter himself, which this is not James Cameron with uh, T- Terminator Genesis, uh, where he fucking <laughs> said it was a great – just being – just a pile of dog shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that John Carpenter is going to be honest uh, about a movie being good. And if he's saying it holds up to the first one, if not surpasses it, that makes me extremely excited. Um, I love the new trailer that was out. I thought it was awesome. Um, they showed that a lot. They they keep kept on going back to that scene that people were talking about from Comic-Con of the uh, one shot of Michael Myers while – while Halloween's going around, pretty terrifying. Him going inside each house and killing the person in there, and going from one house to another to the yeah. I I love this. This looks terrifying. The only thing that I'm, I'm sure they're going to do a good job and everything. I wish it, I know that it's kind of impossible due to the ending of the second one, but the kill count of him only killing three people back then 
is the only thing that kind of just takes away a little bit of, of how intensely evil this character is to an extent. It's just not as impressive. I mean, he's killed three people. That's kind of a fucked up concept to say, like, oh, he's not that evil. He only killed three people. But, um, you know, it just – he killed a lot of people in the second one. Uh, I think me and my uh, my boss were counted up to nine when we were counting the other day. So it's whatever. Whatever they do, uh, obviously you can't bring Michael Byers back from the death of getting burnt alive and shot three times in the face. So mm-hmm. this is a pretty damn good way of doing it, and I love the first movie. This just visually looks like the first movie. All the special effects they're using is like the first movie. So now that the fact that critics, uh, some of them that I hold their uh, opinions dear to, uh, are saying that it's good, that makes me even more excited. And the fact that straight from the source to mouth John Carpenter, the fact that he was so happy of the outcome of the movie also says a lot too. Yeah, totally. Nick, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, man, I'm hyped. Uh, I watched that that latest trailer uh, recently, um, and it, like, I mean, just like Dane said, him him going house to house. I love the teaser just to begin with. I just mm-hmm. fucking love like the, the one thing in that, and all of the, so the promo stuff that stood out to me is when uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is kind of stalking him through the house, and it's just like Michael. It's like you got a game of like cat and mouse but this this chick is not scared like she has been prepping for this um like dude i mean and she seems like you know rightfully so like um a little crate like a little crazy as well like i mean mm-hmm. and 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 you know having suffered such a traumatic experience you know at the age of what a 16 17 however old she was supposed to be in the first movie i mean she was a high schooler i believe um so like i mean that in and of itself it would be enough to kind of throw you off your rocker for the rest of your life um and she's obviously been thinking about this moment for for years and years and years um so like yeah man i'm i'm super pumped for it i i think i mean it's it's kind of like 40 years in the making um as far as you know trying to get um you know this kind of showdown with them uh, you know, it being that this, like you said, Joel, kind of negates all the rest of the other movies, um, especially H two O, because uh, man, that was that was just not very good. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I did recently watch uh, Halloween two again, and it's it's not bad. It, it it's pretty good. So the fact that they said this is the best since the first one, like if it's better than Halloween two, like okay, cool, like. If it's better than that, I'm probably gonna really fucking enjoy it. Um, nice. So, like, I, yeah, I'm pumped for it. I, I love what they're how they're kind of setting up. Um, uh, like I said, Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Um, you know, the fact that she you know has to protect both her daughter and her granddaughter um, seems very interesting. I expect to get um, a lot of insight like early in the movie as far as her character and and how she has evolved over the last 40 years um, and how that relates to her daughter and her granddaughter. Um, mm. I expect some really interesting character development there. Um, and then, you know, from there we'll just kind of jump right into, you know, um, basically him, him escaping the transport and um, terrorizing, you know, so having like this, the whole second and third act be like, you know, him basically just fucking shit up. Um, so like, yeah, man, I, I'm super excited. Uh, like, I 
I can't wait to check this out. And and you know what too, like um, one of the things that kind of a little threw me off early on, like not not necessarily in the sense that it doesn't work for like a like to freak you out, but when he drops the teeth over the the bathroom stall, I was just like, man, this could go one of two ways, man. This could be like a you know like a just for shock and all purposes, like this like. It doesn't really seem like this is not really like Halloween esque. Really, this is more like Rob Zombie's Halloween to me, like or mm-hmm. just more like a Rob Zombie movie in general. Um, but like when he starts just walking in and stalking people through the houses and shit, um, like Dane was pointing out that we got to see most in this most recent trailer. Like I was like, all right, <laughs> all right, dude. Like yes, I'm fucking in. And you know, <laughs> for for all of these awesome reviews coming out, so like you know add on to that, uh, yeah, like, my hype level is pretty fucking high. And I I don't get really hyped for horror movies either. Like, it's just not my bad. Like, it, usually I end up seeing, like, you know, the more quaint horror movies later on. Like, I just watched uh, A Quiet Place recently once mm. it finally, you know, came out and I could not have to go to a theater and have people, like, munching on food the whole time while I'm trying to enjoy a basically movie that's fucking quiet the whole time. Um, but I fucking loved it. Like, it was great. Um, it was a very simple story. It's nothing crazy with the story or anything, but it's just it was a very well-done movie um, from beginning yeah, to end. Up. Like, um, yeah, dude, I, I would recommend it. I, like, I would, I, would, um, I would put it on par with, like, a Don't Breathe. Um, like, again, not good super movie. sophisticated, yeah. like, not going to blow right. you away or anything Still as far good, as its though. creativity. Yeah. But, yeah, just solid, like, well-made. Everything, like... Everything that happens in the movie is is uh, holds consequence. Everything is set up very well. Um, each delivery is done well. It's very well acted. Um, like all of that, like is, is very much in there. Um, but like just in general, like to go see a horror movie in theaters, I can't remember the last time I saw a horror movie in theaters. It's probably been fifteen years. Um, but this is one that I'm definitely going to go see in theaters because, I mean, I feel like it's, I mean, it's, it's fucking Halloween, man. It's like all the, you know, the, or, you know, there are two original cast members. Um, they're still around her back and, and like to kind of see them face off and all, all of that, like just, yeah, everything. Like I'm, I'm super fucking pumped for it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Same here, bro. Woo, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good, and it's uh, at the best time. Halloween. Well, I'm a big fan of Halloween, so it's one of my favorite yeah. movies of the year. So I'm excited. Indeed. I really Indeed. am excited. You know, it's, it's it's gonna fit with the, the time it's coming out. So, anyway, guys, we had a good show. I would say, right? We had a lot to talk about. We enjoyed it. Uh, it was a lot of stuff too. Uh, yeah, and there's probably another week worth of good news, hopefully, to talk about next week. Anyway, um, we're gonna go now. Dane, did you want to plug something before we left? Plug it in, plug it in. Yeah! As of lately, that was an old uh, nice little reference. And uh, we appreciate the listens. Uh, you know, Geek Vibes Live, we're here every Sunday, um, 8. And uh, definitely, if you guys like special wrestling, just check out Wrestling Geeks Alliance on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. Me and uh, Christopher Ray Patton talk the latest in wrestling and uh, why WWE's pissing us off and then you can hear me talk about movies and why DC's pissing me off so you know <laughs> it's, it's just like that you know <laughs> anyways I hope you guys had a wonderful uh, you know enjoyment out of our show and uh, I'll talk to you next time yes Nick you plug 
Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, full court press. We got a few uh, fun little topics uh, to come up. Rodney Hood finally got signed. Uh, yeah. It's been like months and months in the making, but uh, dude finally got himself a contract. Three years, $27 million. Uh, seems like a pretty good deal. So we'll we'll delve into that uh, along with uh, some various other NBA news. Um, and, you know, like I, I would tell you it's going to be tomorrow night at, at 8 o'clock, but it might be Tuesday at 8, might be Thursday at 8. <laughs> so you're just going to have to stay tuned and watch. And uh, whenever we decide to do it, you can watch it. It'll be one of those days. Yeah, yeah. listen in. Listen in and for, for the news of when we're actually going to talk about it. We'll let you know for sure, though. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, we will yeah. definitely let you know. Anyway, uh, listen in next week for Geek Vibes Live, of course, uh, on uh, Sundays at 8 o'clock. But till then, peace out, everybody. Peace. And that's the bottom line. Just don't go sesso. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.